Hi everyone, today I'll be sharing from 1 John chapter 2, uh, starting from verse 15. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. I think when you first read this verse, you're like, what? What's he saying? Because I thought we're supposed to love the world. That John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. And so what's he talking about here? Well, we are called to love the world in a sense that we're called to love the people of this world. But what John is addressing here is something we call the cosmos. And what is the cosmos or the world? It's the world system, a system of values, priorities, and beliefs that unbelievers hold that excludes God. It's that that is talking about here and that which which um, John is addressing. And so as he talks more about it, he says, if anyone loves the world, anyone. And I think one interesting thing is that he's not just addressing those who are of the world, but actually Christians as well. He's saying, if any of us, anyone here loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. And so I want to explore a little bit more today. What are the reasons why we should not love the world? I think one of the reasons why when you look at verse 15 and 16 is that the love of the world is incompatible with the love of the Father. And then secondly, from verse 17, the world and all that is in it are temporal. They will pass away and therefore we should not love it. So looking more at the first one, the love of the world is incompatible with the love of the Father. What does the love of the world look like? Well, we see in verse 16, it says it's the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. So what are these things? I think it can be thought of as this. Desires of the flesh, these are our comforts, sensuality, physical, sexual, bodily desires. And these are the things such as, you know, wanting to just sleep in, wanting to do my own thing, um, wanting to take care of myself, or buy this, buy that, all those kinds of things. That's the desires of the flesh. What are the desires of the eyes? It's materialism, idolizing possessions, envy, lust, coveting. You know, what are you allowing your eyes to see? What is it that you desire? What are the things you're looking after? What are the things you're idolizing? And then the pride of life, that's our desire for control. Idolizing ego, power, feeling important, wanting to become significant in the eyes of other people, our status. And Jesus, and John says here, if we love these, the love of the Father is not in us. Because all these things, they're focused upon ourselves. They're self-centered. And we can't love God if we are full of this love of the world. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I think another interesting thing to note here is, here it starts with the flesh, the things that we do, and then also the things that we want with our eyes, and that all that that then feeds our inner being, a sense that I want to live my life how I want, the pride of life. And, and that's why Jesus says we ought to be careful of what we grasp at and what we see. And as I was reading this passage, I was reminded of our past devotional time in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Take that drastic action because it's better to lose that than your whole body, your whole life. Better to lose that than the love of the Father. And so the question is then, as we think about these desires, don't we all struggle with these things? I mean, don't we all have a desire for the flesh, desire of the eyes, a pride of life, and man, how can we not? Well, I think as we look back at this, it says, do not love these things. And part of this is to stop doing these things, but part of that also means do not make it a habit of doing these things. And honestly, we will fail. We will find ourselves going, getting pulled in that direction. But we have an opportunity when we see ourselves going there, starting to love the world, starting to feel our heart drawn towards that direction, it's an opportunity to confess, 
and to repent rather than continue on and harden yourself to say no and to say, I want to live my way, to say no, I want to turn back towards God and to following him. And this is why we have to help one another in the church because it's hard to do this alone. We as a church have to help each other by committing to live a simple life, which is a life that refuses to go after the things of the world. Things like buying a new luxury car, going on expensive vacations, buying expensive clothes, gadgets. Instead, we commit to surrendering our time, living open lives where we let people come in and out of our homes so that people can experience the Acts 2 church and validate the gospel that we preach. And also because of verse 17, I thought about how if verse 17 is true, I should live my life in obedience to the will of God. For only whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, if the world is passing away along with its desires, if that is true, then it doesn't matter how great you are. I mean, look at all the greatest achievers from history. What has become of them? They all died and passed away. And it's like the verses we studied yesterday in Luke 9.25. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. Even if you found the cure to cancer, discovered how to save the environment from global warming, close the economic gap between the haves and the have-nots, Jesus is telling us in Luke, and John is telling us here, that ultimately your soul is what matters most. And only a soul that is rightly aligned with God's will, connected to God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and living a life of obedience to God is one that will live forever. There is no other way to eternal life, no other way to heaven. And practically, it means reading the word and living it out. I mean, how can I love my neighbor as myself? How can I share the gospel with others who don't know about it? Recently, our church has been busy with a lot of good work to do to bring the gospel to people online because of COVID. It takes a lot of work to make these videos. But especially during this time of COVID, instead of just living my life comfortably at home, taking care of myself and my own nuclear family, I'm busy with the work of sharing the gospel with everyone online, and I am so thankful for this privilege. I find this sense of busyness to be such a privilege that I get to do the will of God and abide forever with Him. I could think about a dozen different ways I could be spending my time at home during shelter in place, live comfortably, fulfill the desires of my flesh, my eyes, the pride of life, like not caring about anyone else, just taking care of myself and my kids. But if it is true that death is certain, and there is an eternity for us all. I want to live in light of that eternal reality. All right, that's it for today. Thank you. Bye.